go ahead and open up your Bibles. I hope you have a Bible to Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through 30. That's where we're going to be as you're turning there or getting there on your phone. We've seen so far that Paul and his continued love for his church at Philippi, he continues encouraging them to live out their lives as family members of God's household, to grow in their commitment and service not only to God, but to one another. That's a way of life that's manifested in Christ Jesus. We've seen this throughout Paul's life through this book, and today we see these two other characters that it's manifested in as well, Timothy and Epaphroditus. So as we continue to be a church of unity and a church family, I'd like to ask somebody to read the passage for us aloud. Now, before we do, I'm going to help you out. Um, We're going to come across the name that's pronounced Epaphroditus. On the count of three, I want everybody to say Epaphroditus. One, two, three. Epaphroditus. Beat the nine, I think. Beat the nine. Sure. When you come across Epaphroditus, that's how you say it. Would somebody be willing to read chapter 2, verses 19 through 30? Hey, yeah, thank you. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not only him, not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. Thank you. Nail the Epaphroditus, by the way. Thank you. Let's go ahead, and I just want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. Lord, Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this church. Lord, we look to you now. Please reveal yourself to us in this scripture so we can clearly love you for who you really are, Lord, Father. Use my words to speak to our church family for the plans that you've set before us. Lord, we love you. It's in Christ Jesus. Amen. I've been on vacation. I've had a really good week. I've not been doing much. Um, So I've had a lot of time to just to kind of reflect on this passage. It's been um, a blessing. The Holy Spirit has spoke to me in a couple different ways. He's spiritual like that. And as I was receiving this, I just kept seeing this in this passage as Paul and Timothy and Epaphroditus, they are a family. They are a family. And it really made me just think of me and my church family and our church. I love our church. I love each and every one of you. Some of you I know very well. We hang out on Tuesdays, Thursdays. We have meals together. Asher and I were in a house church once when it was just Asher and I. It was great. You remember that? (laughs) Some of you I know very well. 
Some of you I know really well on Sundays, really well. How's it going? Have you been? Did you get that job? What's going on with the next week? Good to see you. Maybe you've met my parents the three times they've been here. I've met yours. Some of you I know very little about. Some of you I don't even know your name, and I really want to fix that. I really do. Um, Many of you probably don't know this, but this is the first church that I've served in since coming to Christ. And the mentors that I've received at Ethos, the spiritual fathers and mothers, the spiritual brothers and sisters, the family that I've received at this church, it has changed my life forever. Mothers and fathers who invited me into their personal life, who said, no, not that way, this way. A a man who shall remain nameless, but he's in this room, sent me a photo one time of a desk, a cubicle at Ethos, and he said, this is your space. And I felt like a kid that had been sent a picture of a bicycle that my dad sent me and said, really, for me? I kid you not, I was moved to tears. Brothers and sisters that have stayed along next to me at the church. I'm closer than I am to my own flesh and blood to a lot of people at this church. I spend more time with them. I laugh, cry, rejoice, pray with them, confess sin together with a lot of those church family members. I've benefited from that. So as I was reading this passage and looking over it, it really just was poking at my heart. It really expanded my thinking. It's a pretty straightforward passage. There's nothing really doctrinal in it, you know? When I read scripture, this is just what happens in my brain. When I read the Bible, certain words and phrases just start to become in bold print. That's the best way I can describe it. And I promise you, that's what my brain sees. So when I was reading through this, those words that were becoming bold were father, son, brother. And just my heart was squeezed for the family. So the first phrase that I really just kind of was in a good way stuck on was where Paul says of Timothy, as a son with his father, as a son with his father. What makes Timothy a son to Paul? That which is obvious, the blood, right? It's the blood. It's the same thing why we call our children our children, the blood. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. But it's under the blood of Christ that there's neither Jew nor Gentile nor bond nor free nor male nor female, for we are all one in Christ. The caregiver of a child is more intentional and sincere by having the same blood. That's your babysitter versus parent perspective. They both care, but the blood is a different care. Paul and Timothy are both under that blood. Second is the parent gives the sustainment of life to the child. The parent is God's conduit to the child. Well, we provide them, right? Meals, clothes, teachings, speech, mannerisms, 
being a part of the healing process when they're sick, relationships, advice, education, teaching them what has value in this life and what has value in the afterlife, teaching them what you can take with you to eternity and what stays here to get eaten up by moths and rust. How many meals, go there with me, flirt with this, how many meals do you think Paul and Timothy shared together? How many of them were good meals and how many of them were kind of not? How many times do you think they fell asleep at the journey's end of the day next to one another with the earth as their bed? How many times do you think Paul or Timothy washed one another's clothes in the creek bed? Their money had to have been common. It had to be. Parents don't keep spiritual or excuse me, financial tabs on their children. We warn them of predators and false teachers. We show them by our actions. The world says, do as I say, not as I do. Paul must have been a do as I do, dad. He must have been do as I do. Teaching him to pray without ceasing, to rejoice always. This is what we teach our children. Paul's last letter is to his son, Timothy. Timothy didn't write Timothy. Paul wrote Timothy. And it's his last letter where he calls him beloved son, that he prays for him night and day, desiring to see him, being mindful of his tears, giving him good commands that a father gives to his son to be strong in grace and to flee from youthful lusts. Paul loved Timothy. If my math is correct, from Acts 16, 16 when we're introduced to Timothy, to where we are now, there's 20 plus years. We flipped those pages in about 20 seconds. 20 plus years. Think of their experiences that they went through together. Think right now of someone you know for 20 years. Think of it. The dedication, the faithfulness, the love and influence on that person's life and yours. It makes me think of our church. This is not my church. This is our church. And what it looks like to have this kind of father and mother spiritual leaders. Decades of time that passes where dads and moms, mentors are leading young Timothys at HV as sons and daughters in their walk of faith. Nurturing them in a fallen world while pointing them to the kingdom of God. Amen. Inviting them into the personal space of our own homes and lives while feeding them biblical wisdom. That is as Paul was to Timothy. So then we come across Epaphroditus, his fellow worker, soldier, and he calls him my brother. That word was just like my brother, my brother, my brother. I think of my brother Jay, my brother, my brother. What makes Epaphroditus a brother to Paul? 
It's the same thing first. It's the blood. It's not by our choice, but by God's choice that the purpose of God according to the election might stand. Second, it's an unbreakable bond. Siblings, unable to divorce. Period. Your brother or sister is the soldier who stands beside you in the battle of life. The one we call on when we can't go to mom or dad, we can't go to our friends, we can't go to the roommate. It's who we share our deepest, darkest secrets with, and we confess sin and bring it into the light. Not only are they in the physical battle with us, but they're in the spiritual battle and the mental one as well. The sibling is the one where the iron sharpens iron. The sibling is the one whose shoulder gets soaked from your tears and then looks at you and says, if God is for us, then who can be against us? The one who says, I don't know the answer, but we're going to get through this together. Do you know how weird that sounds? I don't know the answer, but we're going to get through this together. Comforted. Instantly. They're always, the brother and sister, able to look straight through the lamp of the body. And without a word off the lips, they know the state of the heart. Tick, tack, toe. That's good, wasn't it? It's not in my notes. I wonder how many Bible studies Paul and Epaphroditus had. Really, think about it. They must have had hundreds of Bible studies. I wonder if they had more of them together, where they said two minds are better than one, or if they had more where they were separate and said, you know what, it's better to divide and conquer. Which one you think? How many times they had faced adversity together and said, trust in the Lord. Paul spoke of a slew of brothers and sisters in Romans 16. He lists them out. He talks talks about Phoebe, our sister, a servant of the church of Centria, a helper of many and me, Paul says, Priscilla and Aquila, fellow workers in Christ Jesus, Mary, who Paul says labored much for us, Quartus, a brother, Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, Statius, my beloved, Rufus, chosen in the Lord and his mother and mine. Here's a man, Rufus, so choice a Christian that he was called one of God's chosen ones. And with the mother so dear to Paul, he called her his mother in faith. Paul loved his brothers and sisters. And he loved Epaphroditus. Clearly, he trusted Epaphroditus. Clearly. A character trait that's given only after time. Fact. He depended upon Epaphroditus, not only for his needs, but for the church at Philippi. I remind you, Philippi, the Philippians, that was his baby. That's the first church he planted with Lydia in Macedonia. And he was dependent upon Epaphroditus. I'm going to send him to you. How rad would it be for this church, our fellow churchgoers, 
to just naturally start introducing the people as like, this is my sister. You need to meet my sister. You guys don't look that much alike. No, you don't understand. You don't understand. What we've been through. Are you guys of the same parents? Yep, Yahweh. To have that unbreakable sovereign bond with a spiritual brother or sister in a time of struggle and cry out, I need you, I'm longing for you. That's as Epaphroditus was to Paul. So then we get to our spiritual sons and daughters. I know there's one of you here that you think, well, I didn't come from a Christian home. I didn't have good parents or fathers. Mothers. In fact, they were abusive. Maybe you didn't even grow up with a father or mother. It's my duty to remind you that Psalm 10 says, Yahweh is the helper of the fatherless. God has hundreds of names. Did you know that? That's one of them. One of Yahweh's names. The helper of the fatherless. Maybe you're like me and you come from a divided home. Timothy came from a divided home. Scripture tells us that his mother was a Jewish believer and his father was a Greek. I can only imagine the squeeze that had on Paul's heart. So our church, sons and daughters, are you in need of a spiritual mother or father? Are you in need of that? One of my problems which is quite a lot. I have a lot of problems, but one of them is I have trouble raising my hand when I'm in trouble, saying I need help. I just tend to drown and not even know it. But the book gives us the answer. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, when Paul's writing, he actually says, only Luke is with me. Send Mark, for he is useful to me in ministry. He raises his hand. Send Mark. I need him. There is a spiritual family here for you, sons and daughters. Just like I benefited from that, that I shared at the beginning, you can benefit from that. And then you pass the torch. So when the storm of life comes, I encourage you, take your right hand and grasp the one who even the winds and waves obey him. Take the other one and raise it in the air and say, I need help like Paul did for Mark and approach a fellow father, mother, brother, sister. There are people here to help. We are here to help with that. Sam Liu, Joshua Soloway, Taylor Wigington, myself, we are here. I promise you. Muriel, Dave Wasby, you can talk about two amazing, this wasn't planned, right there. Two amazing spiritual mother and father, right there. Mm. Jesus' first words when he taught us to pray was what? Our Father. We are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. So Ethos Church, Hillsborough Village, Ruby, here's the invitation. Here's the invitation. Mothers and fathers, here's the invitation. Find a Timothy. 
Pray for a Timothy, someone you can lead, guide, teach, feed, disciple, mentor, not just on Sunday, but as a parent to child would any day of the week. Make them one of your favorites in your iPhone. That hit better than nine. (laughs) Give them full access to your life. Full access. Brothers and sisters, find an Epaphroditus, a Rufus, a Phoebe, a Priscilla, someone to walk with, rejoice with, cry with, laugh with, be accountable with. Two of my accountability partners are in this room. Someone we can confess sin together with. Have a Bible study with. This word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Without it, we're just stumbling around in the dark. And how much more comfortable is it when your brother or sister is there and it's like, it's okay. It's okay. Turn on the light. We're going to make it. No matter what happens, that person, that brother or sister will be there for you. Sons and daughters, I'm speaking to you. Pray for a spiritual mom, dad, brother or sister. Someone who will sincerely care for your state. Take Paul's advice. Send Mark, he's helpful to me. Someone whose righteousness exceeds that of the scribes, someone that can lead you to be a peacemaker, someone that will go that extra mile with you in Christ. So here's the vision. You ready? Here it is. What would our church, Ethos, Hillsborough Village, look like as a family of disciples? What would that look like? Family members of God's household made up of moms, dads, brothers, sisters, sons, daughters, everything I just talked about. What would that look like? I have tasted that benefit. I've tasted that fruit. You should taste it. It's good. It's good. So here's the question. We're going to circle up in groups. This is invitation only. You do not have to do this. You do not have to participate on this. There's no shame. There's no pressure. It's an invitation. I'll say this quite candidly. I encourage you to do this. I used to be the guy that whenever Josh or Gent would get up here and say circle up, I'll do it because I know I'm supposed to. I love it now. I love it. I get fellowship with my brother and sister. The Holy Spirit usually will speak to me from them or vice versa. They will speak through me to them. What we call hindsight is 2020. God calls sovereignty. And then in those circle ups, I'm like, oh my goodness, I needed to hear that. So I encourage you to do that. We're going to circle up. Here's the question. The question is this. In your groups, talk about In your current walk of faith, are you a spiritual mother, father, brother, sister, son, or daughter to someone in your church? Are you, in your current walk of faith, a spiritual father, mother, brother, sister, son, or daughter to someone 
in your church. At this time, I invite you to go ahead and turn your chairs around, flip together, speak with someone who's not here. If you don't want to do that, that is totally fine. I think that there's great volumes of knowledge that comes from sitting in silence. Do that. We're going to offset the timer, and we'll come back in a few moments and discuss it.